Next on BYU Sports Nation, potatoes. Kalani Sataki on the bowl invite, and who is out and who is in for the bowl game? Men's Hoops is in the midst of a three-game losing streak. What is the most correctable issue for the Cougars moving forward? And the fastest swimmer in the NCAA joins us in studio. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What is good? BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, December 4th, 2018. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is stepping on Lego bricks in his living room. So I'm teamed up with a man who loves an ugly Christmas sweater, Jason Shepard. Was wearing a Christmas sweater last night, an ugly one. Of course it you had, were. It had lights. It had like a battery pack on it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Why didn't you wear it on the show today? Uh, because um, I no longer have it. Oh, you bought it and then took it back. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Classic. I love that. It, um, was, it was the BYU Athletics Christmas party last night. It was the BYU Athletics I, Christmas party. I, I did not attend. We missed you. I really wanted we to missed you. There. Spencer, yeah. speaking of, won a gigantic gift basket Oh, wow. From, I want to say, Neaters. Oh, that's cool. Like, I'm talking huge. It was unlimited French toast. <laughs> it, was, it was really big. That's, that's probably what he's doing. He's probably he's eating probably so much eating breakfast that. Yeah. that he was just like, I'm uncomfortable. I just cannot come I, in today. I can't come in. I can't come in. I'm sorry. I gotta and Harrison's family won. Our, one of our producers, Harrison. Well, isn't that great? Yeah. Everyone wins. Yeah. Well, when, not me. When, <laughs> you had the sweater. You won. I really thought you won the lights. I really thought the lights were going to send it over the edge, but no, I wasn't even yeah. in the final. Alas, you did not win. No. Here's what we've got for you on today's show. Will BYU pull a Boise State and go blue on blue in Boise? We'll ask the head coach Kalani Stocky in 15 minutes. Between the lines features the BYU athlete who had a baby, then returned to be an All-American. Awesome. That's in 30. And the fastest man in the nation joins us in 40 minutes. I'm on the show already. BYU swimmer Peyton Sorensen. (laughs) Nice try. Although you did swim at Kearns. I was a swimmer. Talks about qualifying for the Olympic trials. This guy's legit. Peyton Sorensen back in Studio B. But first, let's get you today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football continues preparations for the famous Idaho Potato Bowl against Western Michigan in Boise, Idaho. Freshman quarterback Zach Wilson says, based on BYU's last game against Boise State, he's not a fan of the Smurf turf. I don't know. I kind of I kind of view it as a, as a new opponent. Opponent. I mean, it'd be cool. We're going back on that field. I mean, that field honestly is crappy, but um, the turf is so bad. The turf is terrible. I, I left with so many cuts all over my body. It's like I had road burner. Whatever it is, but um, you know, yeah, and it's still bleeding. Yeah, it hasn't gone away still. I don't think he cares about the color, but uh, yeah, rough and uh, opinionated. You know, quarterbacks like to be opinionated sometimes. Cougars play the Broncos of Western Michigan December 21st at 4 Eastern on ESPN and BYU Radio. Kalani Satake announced yesterday that Corbin Kafusi and Matt Hadley will both miss the bowl game against Western Michigan on December 21st. Corbin, due to surgery, and Matt Hadley apparently fractured his leg that in the news. Utah game. Yeah, And he walked off, and on, he his walked off on his own power. Unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Coach Satake did say Squally Canada is cleared to play and will practice with the team this week. That's good news. More on that coming up in What's Trending. CBS Sports writer Tom Fornelli ranked the Idaho Potato Bowl. Famous Idaho Potato Bowl, by the way. Joined BYU and Western Michigan as the 39th most compelling bowl game out of 39. 
He said, I just don't find this to be the most exciting matchup, which probably means it'll finish 86-84 in nine overtimes. It'll be Texas A&M LSU. Oh, boy. Well, let's hope that uh, nothing happens after, just in case. Are you referring to the incident on the field? Okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Men's basketball hosts Utah State tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. The Cougars are trying to snap a three-game losing streak. Watch live on BYU TV online at BYUtv.org or listen on BYU Radio. I will have a radio pregame at 8 Eastern. That is a big game. Utah State 7-1, 17 in the net. Uh, that is a big, big game. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. As mentioned, BYU football has some injuries to notable starters in Corbin Kafusi, Matt Hadley, and Isaiah Kafusi, who will all miss the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Jason, which one of those injuries will have the biggest impact on the game? Look, I can make a case for each one of them. Ultimately, I decided to go with Corbin Kafusi. He's the emotional leader of this defense. We saw that plain as day in the Utah game. The fact that his season was supposed to have been over, he comes back. The way he played, you know guys were rallying around him. Just being on the field, offenses have to game plan for him. At his size, he is such a unique weapon for BYU. Not just, obviously, being able to rush the quarterback, which he's done a very good job of all year, but dropping back in coverage. He just brings an element, because of his size and ability, that you just can't replicate with anybody else. Having Squally back and hopefully as healthy as he's been in a while helps lessen the blow of losing Matt Hadley. And right now we still don't know about Lopini Katoa. There, there isn't a player right now from a size factor that can bring what Corbin brings. So that's why I'm going with Corbin. Yeah, I feel you on Corbin, not to mention uh, his presence on the field goal block yeah, unit, you're right, which, you're right. by the way, BYU's number one in the country uh, in, in opponent field goals. Which We're is like number a, one. Which is like We're... a weird stat, right? <laughs> it, it matters. Squally Canada is an interesting case when you talk about his return um, because he's had two great games. He played really well against Arizona and Wisconsin. So he has 98 yards against Arizona. Wisconsin, 118. He had 57 against McNeese. Since then, he's not had more than 30 rush, 32 rushing yards in a game. So he's had little to no impact since September. Well, see, and that's why I think the, the, the caveat with him is I would expect him to be as healthy as he's been in a while because he hasn't played for a couple of games. Right. You're he's, having a couple of extra weeks. Yes. And, and he's sat out. And so, that, so that's why I think he's probably as close to that player in terms of health as he's been all season. And his ankles, uh, he had some issues with his ankles early in the season. My answer is Matt Hadley. The way that BYU uh, was rushing the ball with Matt Hadley against Utah was good enough to go up by 20 twice. Then Matt Hadley gets hurt and the wheels fall off. It wasn't totally because Matt Hadley was hurt, but it was a big chunk. I think there were other injuries that played into that, but if Matt Hadley stays in the Utah game and Lopini Katoa played, like, the ability to run the ball is the key to the BYU offense. You, you can't ask Zach Wilson to win the game entirely for you. I know that Matt Hadley was rushing for like three yards a carry um, in, the, in the Utah game, and it wasn't three and a half or something, but it was more than enough for what BYU needed to take a 20-point lead. Yeah. So to me, it's, it's Matt Hadley, and uh, the fact that he breaks his leg on a Ch- Chase Hansen tackle and then walks himself off, unbelievable. Unbelievable. He had a broken leg. I saw him yesterday on crutches, and I was just like, oh, man, his career's over. I would have Stinks. needed the stretcher. 
I would have needed my mom to come down and like hold my hand as we walked off the Campbell's field. Campbell's chunky soup, maybe with it as well. I break my uh, leg and then I walk off on my own power. That's crazy. that's nuts. But but what a and let's take a moment to acknowledge the career that was Matt Hadley's all over the place, dependable utility man, could do whatever you needed, played safety, kick returner, linebacker, running back, and he he almost was the starting running back of the team that snapped the streak. I mean, it was it was that close. Playing in a bowl game is certainly a reward for a good season. You, you get the opportunity to continue your season with one more game, but coaches can also use the practice time to prepare for the offseason. There, there are quite a few ways that a bowl game can benefit a program. What's the biggest benefit, Jerem, that you see for the bowl game for BYU? Besides the payout of the money? Uh, <laughs> the experience. And a lifetime supply of potatoes? Yes, I really hope that's the thing. Potatoes are so cheap. I love potatoes. Mashed potatoes for every meal, I say. The experience of the returning players. Uh, we've made a lot out of this BYU team. Young team, 26 freshmen have played, right? Um, this will benefit the Cougars uh, in this game and next year uh, because BYU plays four Power 5 teams to start the season, including USC on September 14th. And news broke uh, about 15 minutes ago that Cliff Kingsbury, formerly the head coach of Texas Tech, is the offensive coordinator now at USC. So that's great news. Uh, he's awesome. Oh, by the way, after BYU plays four Power 5 teams start the season, they play at Toledo, at South Florida, Boise State at home, and at Utah State. So I would say four of like the top ten group of five teams. And then you play three games you're going to win in November, and then uh, San Diego State. So these guys get this like – winter practice, if you will, and then spring. And I know that there's a lot made out of, oh, the, the bowl practices. What I really want is for Kalani Sitake or one of the coaches next season, mid-season, to say, you know why we won this game today? Because of the, the bowl practices. That's why. <laughs> we won this back in December. Yes, exactly. So I, I think it will benefit this young group. And, and there's a question from a lot of people like, hey, who's going on a mission, who's not? With Zach Wilson and Dallin Holker and Gunnar Romney and I'm, I'm not sure that any of those three guys are going on a mission. We'll see, um, but perhaps those guys are coming back. I, I, from, from what I've heard and, and, and think, all three of those guys could be back next season. So you keep that continuity of those guys uh, in year two. One of the things that stands out to me the most for this team specifically is the opportunity to have a winning record. This team needs to have a winning record, whether it's psychological, whatever it is. After last season, for this team to be able to say we won more games than we lost, that is a tangible, you know, something you can look at and talk about improvement. Getting to a bowl game, being bowl eligible, that's improvement. That's success. It's improvement. Having a winning record is something I think is a big, big deal. Certainly what you brought up in terms of jump-starting, you know, spring ball, getting an opportunity to get those extra practices. Winter winter ball. ball. Sorry, sorry. Also, I think Zach Wilson may be the one that would benefit most from this. Like, like giving Zach a few extra weeks of reps and then one more game can be nothing but a good thing. And that's assuming that you maintain the continuity of the coaching staff, by the way. Kalani Stocky yes. did say yesterday that he, uh, when asked, do you think that you'll retain most of your staff or all of it or whatever, he said yes. So we'll see. People get plucked to other staffs and it causes some movement. We'll see if BYU maintains the staff. My hope is that BYU offensively maintains sure. the staff, especially because I think BYU's built up a good defense, um, you know, top 25 and a lot of stuff, which is awesome. Okay, now to BYU basketball. The Cougars 5-4 and four through nine games, tying the most losses in the first nine games of the Dave Rose era, 14 seasons. Uh, Coach Rose says this team has some work to do. And we had that long home homestand and play teams that we were better than and got wins. And now we've got some issues, real issues that's been exposed this week. 
and we got a game at home. But then we, we you know, I think the next seven, we got seven out of nine or some crazy number away from our building. And it's hard to get those things. If you're going to make some real major adjustments, try to get uh, that done on the fly when you, you, you're facing kind of what we're facing. Jason, uh, there are some issues, but what's the most correctable BYU basketball hoops issue right now? For me, it's defense. The team has already shown they can be a good defensive team. Prior to this three-game losing streak, they were a good defensive team. In fact, prior to the Houston – so going into the Houston game, the Houston game was the first loss of this three-game losing streak. Heading into the game against the Red Cougars, BYU was only giving up 68.5 points per game. Since then, well, it actually brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU allowed 93.6 points per game during the three-game losing streak. So heading into it, 68.5 over the last three, 93.6. I understand, and to Coach Rose's point, the opponents that they were playing during the five-game win streak, those were all teams they should play. Oh, yeah. Excuse me, should beat, excuse me. But a 25 points per game difference seems to to me at least to just be a bad stretch as opposed to the norm. I think that can be corrected because they've already shown that they can be a good defensive team. The perimeter shooting, that, that hasn't been there yet. But the defense has, so I think the defense is correctable. Yeah, BYU shooting 28.3% from three. 28.3? 28.3? Are you kidding me right now? I, I'm with you. The answer is defense. Defense is mostly effort. There's some tactical, schematic element to it, but this team in years past has invested more in the offense than the defense, and the offense was good enough to get you 25 wins, get you to the NCAA tournament in most cases. Okay, Why wouldn't this team be good on defense, by the way? Look at who BYU has. Joshier Hardnett. Excellent on-ball defender. I really like him that way. Uh, Dave Rose called him a bulldog on defense last year. Yoli Childs, great length. Verticality, that's even a word. Gavin Baxter, tremendous length on the defensive end. Can be a shot blocker, rebounder. Dalton Nixon plays good defense. Nick Emery is an excellent yep. on-ball defender. And he, by the way, yeah, he Yeah, I was going to say, this is a perfect opportunity here. So we are, we are at one day. One day away from Nick Emery coming back. He plays tomorrow for the first time against Utah State. After missing, yeah, yeah, that's live audio from the Merritt Center of The Rock. Uh, Nick Emery's back tomorrow, which is awesome. Um, I think this team should be better on defense. I really do. And you're right. It, it, look at who BYU played, okay? So they play Nevada. They give up 86. Then they go on a stretch. They play Utah Valley, 65. Northwestern State, 57. Oral Roberts, 65. Alabama A&M, 60. Rice, 78. And that was a high number, but you score 105. Yeah. It was up and down. Then Houston, BYU gives up 76, Illinois State 92 in OT, and then Weber State 100. That's the head scratcher. That's the head scratcher. That's the crazy one. So, yes, and it doesn't, it's not like it gets easy. Utah State is uh, an improved team, a team that has beaten St. Mary's this year, comes into the Marriott Center Wednesday. So that's a huge game. If you're local, you got to be at that game, at least watch or listen if you don't go, uh, because that's, that's a big one. And Red Panda is going to be the halftime show. Really? Serious. Oh, wow. Yeah. If you don't know Red Panda, Red Panda is world famous. YouTube it. YouTube Red Panda. She's awesome. Oh, man. She is great. I didn't know that. Yes. They were were tweeting it out yesterday. So, yeah. I was excited about that game. I'm way more (laughs) excited about this game now. BYU and Utah State tomorrow. Our question of the day. Which BYU football injury will have the biggest impact on the bowl game? Let's go to the voice of the nation. This is... The Voice of the Nation, 
on BYU Sports Nation. At Dan underscore Smith for BYU 11. All of the Kafusis on the defense. They made a huge impact against Utah until they both left with injuries. Not too worried about the offensive injuries against Western Michigan's defense. Hashtag BYUSN. When we refer to all of the Kafusis, we call them the Kafusai. Did we determine this already? We determined that we don't know. <laughs> Weigh in and continue to do so on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, what does Kalani Satake think about the matchup against Western Michigan? And will BYU wear royal on the Smurf turf for the bowl game? Spencer and I go Where'd two go? on one with Kalani Satake. This is BYU Sports Station. They're invisible. Boise State did it I know. on Saturday. I know, it's crazy. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight is the season debut of BYU Basketball with Dave Rose on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Join host Greg Rubel as he talks with Coach Rose as well as Yoli Childs and TJ Haas. Tune in tonight, 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We've got some new features planned for that. Plus, our court is just super cool. It's like one of my favorite sets that we have of all the shows. It is pretty cool. Yeah, so uh, we just need to bust out like a mini hoop on that and just play some pickup or something at some point. We'll do that. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation. We're simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. If you miss the show live, you can always download the podcast or watch the show on BYUSN.com. Our question of the day, which BYU football injury will have the biggest impact on the bowl game? At CL underscore living on Twitter. The sentimental choice is Corbin. In reality... Could be Matt Hadley and all the running backs because we need a run game. That's what I'm telling you. I, I think that Corbin is a huge loss, but if you can't run the ball effectively, it's going to be hard to move the ball, I think. I think, though, the ability for Zach Wilson to be able to run the ball helps. But he doesn't want to go down on that turf. I understand right? because, yes, <laughs> he's still dealing with the effects from playing there the last time. Yeah, that, that was tough. At Twigger Stone <laughs> on Twitter, Hadley's injury could be less impactful if Squally and Katoa play. I'm not sure that they have anyone that can fill the Kafusi shoes on defense right now. That's a good point. There is a fill-in for Matt Hadley, right. in, in theory, with Squally Cannon and or Lopini, if he can go. More on that in a moment. But there is not for Corbin Kafusi. That's a valid point. I yeah. like that. Well, and, and the, Katoa was one of the ones he said it's going to be cutting it close, speaking of Coach uh, Kalani Satake. Yeah, and more on that right now. Kalani Satake in his third year as the head ball coach at Brigham. He has a 500 record. He's going to a second bowl game. Yesterday, Spencer and I spoke with Kalani Satake about the invite to the famous Idaho Potatoes Bowl. Injuries of note, Lopini Katoa, will he be back? And the benefits of the bowl game. Here's that conversation. Kalani, you just mentioned uh, in a group media situation that your wife is super excited about playing on December 21st. Uh, why is that? Uh, well, I think my family's just excited that we're going to a bowl game. It doesn't feel right unless you're going bowling around the Christmas time, but uh, really excited that they don't have to spend Christmas in a, in a uh, Christmas day in a hotel. I think it, my kids, it doesn't really matter. They, as long as they get gifts, who cares, you know? So um, for us, it's just we're really excited to play a game and uh, spend some time to hang out with our families while we're at the game, which is unique, and to do it so close to home, it's going to be a lot of fun. What's your reaction to the bowl game and the matchup? Famous Idaho Potato Bowl with Western Michigan in Boise. You've already been there. I hope we get as many potatoes as we want. I think that should be part of it if you're going to, if you're going to, um, you know, be the sponsor. But no, I, I'm excited about the game. Uh, you know, we we actually um, enjoyed our time when we played in Boise and had that a uh, couple times that I've been there. Um, really good people and a great, a great community. So uh, we have a lot of fans in the area. 
So we're really excited to go there and, and uh, show for our fans in Idaho. And I know there are a lot of fans who are from around the area and even in, in Utah will make the trip. It's an easy trip for them to go to. So uh, for us, it'll be fun. Um, we're excited about the matchup too, and we're excited about the bowl game. So really, really uh, fired up to get there and, and uh, to experience the Boise city, you know, and but also the, the people and, and just have fun. And I, uh, any chance we can play on that blue turf, it's it's a famous famous venue. So we've got to try to find a way to uh, get a win. I think we can be the home team and get our home colors. So maybe we can match the field, the turf colors. So we'll see. Yeah, you could go royal on royal if you wanted, right? Hey, that might be a thought. I don't know. I, I'm not really worried about um, uniforms right now. I, I was just throwing that out there, but I, I, it just we're, there's a lot of excitement with our players and with our coaches about this game and to face a really good opponent like Western Michigan is going to be a lot of fun. Chance would have it you can beat a group of Broncos on the Boise Blue with Western Michigan. What do you know about the Western Michigan version of the Broncos? Tim Lester is a really good coach, and um, you know he he's uh, coaching at his alma mater like I am, so. There's a lot of pride that comes to that, and he played quarterback there, you know. So uh, I think it's uh, going to be a lot of fun for us to bring our, our, our alma maters to a bowl game and, and battle it out. But uh, this isn't about the coaches, it's about their team. Their team's really good. In their last game, they beat uh, Northern Illinois, you know, and they, uh, so they're, they're, they're a team that's really tough, and um, they've had success. And a couple of years back, they went to a New Year's Six Bowl and, and uh, played the Cotton Bowl against Wisconsin, and I think they finished the year 13 and 1. So, uh, they're a team that's seen, seen success and, and are used to, to wins, and so it's going to be a, a really good good matchup for us. And They run the ball well and they pass the ball well, so defensively we're going to have to take care of another high-scoring offense. The last group of five team before UCF to kind of make a New Year's Six game was this Western Michigan team, so that's pretty cool. Obviously, last year you didn't make a bowl game, so how much more gratifying is this season making a bowl? Because I think people get used to a certain amount of success, but... Are you more grateful for this situation because of last year? Yeah, I think it happens when 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 things get taken away, you miss them, you know. So, uh, not having the extra practices and not having that time to spend together as a with your seniors, especially, you know, that was really hard on us last year. And it's hard to look at me for me to look at guys like Fred Warner and T. John Caroman and them not have a bowl game, you know. So, I'm really thankful that we get this opportunity to take our seniors up to Boise and play this game and give them a great experience. I mean, there's a lot of cool gifts and all that that come along with it, but more than anything is allowing the camaraderie and the, and the brotherhood to, to thrive and to continue and, and uh, really to spend time. It's like normally when we go to a, a game, an away game, we we just had that one night together. Now we get to actually have a, a good amount of time and you know, I think we're four to five days together and um, our players get to bring their wives that are married and, and coaches get to bring their families. So it's, it's a cool um, environment and opportunity for everyone to get together and hang out. So that's why Michael Shelton got married between the Utah game and now, so he could take his wife? Yeah, and Hank Tupelotu got married. Yeah, so I, I had a busy, I had a busy uh, week off. I had to go to two uh, wedding receptions. So good planning. Or, or re- really, really confident that we'd go yeah. bowling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you talk about extra practices, and a lot of attention gets paid to the extra practice that teams get to experience in bowl season, is that more about this year's team or how much of that impacts next year's squad? Yeah, both. I mean, it's, it's important that the, there's a lot of seniors that are going to be at the bowl game that can't play, like Corbin, Matt Hadley, and those guys, you know. But uh, I think it's a good opportunity for them to teach what they know to the younger guys and for us to give the younger guys a lot more opportunities to practice. Uh, I mentioned this is another spring ball uh, opportunity. We have 15 practices, and so we're going to use all of them. 
and hopefully get better as a team and then and, and take the field and try to get a win you know but that would be a, a huge um, jump start to 2019 with these younger guys and going into spring ball which you're going to start in, in March this year so it's uh, I think it'd be it's it's time out really well for us um, with the timing and with um, the, the practices, the organized practices that we get to, get to do, and I think this is going to be a, such a huge momentum drive for our for our young guys, especially in our depth. You mentioned that uh, Corbin Kafusi and Matt Hadley are out. Squally Canada cleared to play. I want to ask about Lopini Katoa and Michael Shelton, who are also kind of out or injured in the Utah game. Well, the good news is they're still in the mix, right? And so um, we're, we're if, if they're not out, then there's a chance that they may play in the game, but. Um, as we look in the next couple of weeks, we'll be able to, to predict whether or not they're going to be on the field for us in that game. And right now, it's still open for those guys that return to the field. You mentioned the 15 practices. Uh, is that 15 for everyone before a bowl game, or is it dependent on when your bowl game is? Because yours is like 18, 19 days away, right? Yeah, I think for us, we're utilizing the 15 that you get. And then, um, so like guys that are playing on New Year's Day, for example, will probably give a little break and then start up before they, they get to their bowl game for us. Uh, it's nice because we go right into it. Now, we're, our players are going to have to balance um, their academics because it's during finals week, you know, so um, guys are going to have to take finals early or find ways to talk to their teachers and see what they can do, what options they have to take them um, while we're in Boise. But um, our teachers and our, and, our, and our faculty have done a great job at um, you know, helping us out and getting us uh, set. We've been through bowl games like this before, so it's nothing new to them. And I'm just glad we have a you know uh, a school that's willing to work with us in our in our uh, preparation for the bowl game. Your quarterback tweeted out yesterday. Well, it's a good thing I like potatoes, mashed potatoes, French fries, potato chips, things like that. Joking aside, where have you seen your quarterback Zach Wilson grow the most from the time he took over against Hawaii to where we are before the bowl game? Just a level of comfort with the with the program and the team and being the, the leader, you know. It's hard for a freshman to come in and be given the 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 keys to the program, you know, and so I think now he's feeling a lot more comfortable and, and can be a little bit more demanding of the of the players. And everyone's starting to respect him a lot more. He's not just a freshman anymore, he's a leader of our of our offense and um, you know, he, he was committed to Boise for a long time, so it's only fitting that he gets to go back there and play another game. So, you know, he's just he's committed, so we get to play two games in one year in his freshman year at Boise. So uh, everyone's happy. Here's to a fantastic potato bowl. Thanks, Kalani. We have a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. Go Kooks. Ted Coach Kalani Satake, two-on-one yesterday. Uh, tomorrow we'll chat with uh, Zach Wilson, the former Boise State commit, now playing not one but two games on the Boise State Blue, and he was pretty animated about that. But uh, I did want to point out, so Lopini Katoa and Michael Shelton not ruled out. Uh, Michael Shelton did get married, by the way, um, over between the Utah game and now. So it, you can't take girlfriends to the game. You can take wives. So Michael Shelton uh, takes advantage of the time there. The wives can go to the bowl game. I, yeah, good good for them. I'm sure that's, that's not why they picked when they got married. No, no, but no. That's entirely no. why. He knew they were going to a bowl game They're before like, the season. Here's the deal. You can't come with us. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's probably – they probably got married then – because that was the time that worked. And they get can, more bull swag or something. No, yeah. it has nothing to do with that. And, and Lopini Are you Katoa, questioning no, my logic? No, your bracket matrix. We're not going to probably chat with you this year. Hopefully we will. But so far, well, not. Well, congratulations so to them. I, did not, I was not aware that they yeah. got married. Uh, Lopini Katoa playing in the bowl game would be a big deal um, if, if he can get back. I think that would be big for the BYU run game. Tyler Algier, by the way, had played in three games. He's, he's one of the future big studs at running back. 
did not play in the Utah game. So the fourth game for him will be the bowl game so he can maintain a red shirt. That rule is going to be big. Not, obviously not just for BYU, for college football. But that rule yeah. being able to play up to four games and not burn a red shirt, that's, that's kind of a game changer. Coming up, not only did BYU's Peyton Sorensen qualify for the Olympic trials, but he's the fastest man in the water this year. He joins us in Studio B coming up. And next, Lauren McClain goes between the lines with cross-country star Erica Burke-Jarvis, how she went from having a baby to All-America status. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU basketball hosts Utah State tomorrow night at the Marriott Center. Watch on BYU TV or listen on BYU Radio at 9 Eastern. Pre-game with your boy Jason Shepard begins at 8 Eastern. That's right. Big game. Welcome Big back. Big game. And uh, just a reminder, Nick Emery, your boy, is back tomorrow as well. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard, and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, BYU TV. We are also on demand. Let's get to the headlines. BYU football continues prep for the famous Idaho Potato Bowl against Western Michigan and Boise. Sophomore Matt Bushman is stoked to be in his first bowl game. I was excited. I mean, I've never been to a bowl before, so I'm just excited to play another game, um, have the opportunity to be in a bowl game. It's Everyone looks forward to it. That's everyone's goal So when playing college football, so I was, I'm just grateful and excited to see what the bowl experiences is like. Cougars play the Broncos of Western Michigan December 21st, 4 Eastern on ESPN and BYU Radio. And you may forget, uh, before UCF ran off like 25 straight wins, it was Western Michigan that was the best group of five team in the Cotton Bowl. Hey, taking on the Broncos in Boise, it's always a good thing. Again. Yes, exactly. Kalani Sataki announced yesterday that Corbin Kafusi and Matt Hadley will both miss the bowl game. Corbin, due to having surgery, Matt Hadley... Due to fracturing his leg in the Utah game, Coach Satake did say that Squally Canada is clear to play and will practice with the team this week. And if you missed our last segment, our conversation with Kalani Satake, he did say that Lopini Kato and Michael Shelton are not ruled out. Right. He didn't rule them in, but not ruled out. CBS Sports writer Tom Fornelli ranked the Idaho, uh, the, the bowl game, between BYU and Western Michigan as the 39th most compelling bowl game of the season. Out of 39. He said, I just don't find this to be the most exciting matchup, which probably means it'll finish 86-84 in nine overtimes. Men's basketball hosting Utah State tomorrow night at 9 Eastern time at the Marriott Center. The Cougars trying to snap a three-game losing streak. You can watch live on BYU TV. You can also check it out online at BYUtv.org. You can always listen on BYU Radio on that pregame again at 8 Eastern time. Well, after a stellar season, six BYU cross-country runners were named All-Americans. That's awesome. They had a tremendous year on the men and women's side. And one of those had a significant hill to climb just to get there. Lauren McLean now joins us and has more on this. Yes. How's it going, guys? Good. We're good. Good Good to be here. Junior Erica Burke Jarvis is an All-American mama. That woman is amazing. After getting pregnant and thinking she would never run for BYU again, she took seventh overall in the NCAA National Championship. So we went to her house to get her inspiring story and meet her adorable little son, Jack. Let's go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. And now let's meet the 2018 West Coast Conference Women's Cross Country Individual Champion, Erica Burke Jarvis. You were married and 
April 2016, right? Describe to me what was happening in your life up until the moment you found out you were pregnant. So I was running track. I was running an 800, but I got a mile in and I was like, oh, this feels horrible. Like, I'm done. And I just dropped out. I just kept thinking, like, this something feels wrong. Like, I don't know why. It just feels wrong. And so I went home and called my sister and I was like, I think I might be pregnant. Did you ever think that you would race again? I can't really exactly remember but what I thought at first, but after thinking about it for a little while, I was like, no, I'm done. So what changed your mind? What got you training again and, and getting ready? Definitely Coach Taylor because I had a meeting with her. She just was like, you don't have to make a decision now. Just wait till you have Jack, and then you can decide. And once she said that, I was like, okay, like there's a chance. Maybe I will come back. How are you able to get back into such good shape so fast after having Jack? I cross-trained every single day. I even cross-trained the day we had him. So like, <laughs> yeah. So I worked out really good, and then I just started walking right after his birth and ran it, I think, eight weeks. What are your days and nights like when you're training for cross-country, but you also have a little baby? I guess it's just different, because before it was just me and Tyler and going to school, and mm -hmm. so you just take all these responsibilities and do them, but now it's like, you have all those, plus taking care of a baby who you also just want to spend all your time with and love and you don't want to do your homework. Right. <laughs> so that has been an adjustment this year. You took first in the WCC Championships and then took seventh in the, the NCAA National Championships. How in your mind were you able to accomplish those things this year? Well, taking the year off and having Jack, for some reason, I don't know why, gave me a lot of confidence. Just running for someone besides myself or knowing that I have, like, a cute little family that I love, <laughs> running for them like that, it helps. After accomplishing so much already, what are your goals moving forward? My mom used to run at BYU like 20 years ago or something, and she has a, the outdoor 3K record, and so I just want to wow. beat her record. How does she feel about that? Oh, she wants me to, too. <laughs> <laughs> so do you feel like Jack is, is going to be a runner? <laughs> do you want him to be? Yeah, I do. Okay, we're going to get him started right now. We're going to see how fast he is around your house, okay? okay. Let's do it. Here we go. Where does it go? Okay. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah, 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 12.63. How's that time? It's not too bad. Good not job. too shabby. Good job, buddy. Oh, I love that little kid. Next week on Between the Lines, by popular demand, it's the return of Har and Lar with former <laughs> running back Harvey Unga and current football coach. Follow us on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL and on Instagram at Between the Lines. Some people have different work ethics, obviously, and motivation. <laughs> yeah. um, that is incredible. She was cross-training the day. The day she had her baby. Unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. By the but way, it makes sense why she got into such great shape. And by the way, those that haven't heard, uh, you're expecting your first child. I am. Congratulations. This is also a little boy, and he will not be in that good of shape, and, <laughs> and neither will and I. And you won't be cross-training. So I will not be cross-training. You'll be back into work the day yeah. that you give birth. Is that correct? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I will not. I already get home, and I'm like, good night. Yeah, see ya. Yeah. yeah, I'm not running several miles a day. That's right. for sure. Well, yeah, congratulations to you and Steve. Yeah. Thank that's, you. That's very exciting. We're excited. When, when's the, the little? April. April, April. 14th. 
April 14th. So okay. I'm getting fat, guys. No, there's a baby in there. It's called Not pregnant. Just, yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> there's I'm just there's saying. a word for it. Yeah. Well, thanks, Lauren. <laughs> thanks, guys. And congrats again. Coming up, where does the national media rank BYU's bowl game? Find out in the Cougar Whip Around. And our next guest is the fastest swimmer in America, but how fast can he answer our questions? Peyton Sorensen is up next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Check out BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Salama. She's got the latest details in Cougar Sports Thanks with a that. social media twist. Watch it on the BYU Sports Nation Facebook, IGTV, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. It's great. It's great. We can't have anyone 40-plus saying deets. That's just a rule I, I agree. On, the, on the program. I agree. I'm only <laughs> 27, so what are you? What? Well, by the way, Ryan Pugh, offensive line coach, 30 today. Congratulations. Congratulations. Got that yes. dirty mustache on his dirty 30. Uh, welcome back to BYU Sports Station. Our question of the day is this. Which BYU football injury will have the biggest impact on the bowl game? At uh, Colonel underscore James 83 on Twitter. On offense, Matt Hadley, he instinctively could find non-existent holes to run through and picked up those tough, gritty yards. On defense and special teams, Corbin Kafusi. His length and motor alone brought fear into opposing quarterbacks and kickers. That's a well-cogitated tweet. On offense and defense. Join in using the hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our next guest is a BYU swimmer who can probably swim faster than you can run. His name is Peyton Sorensen, and he returns to Studio B. Peyton, welcome back, man. Good to be back. It's good to see you. Uh, you've been crushing it. What's it like to be the fastest swimmer in America right now? Uh, it's been a long road. It feels, it feels great to be able to accomplish what I've been able to this past couple weeks. Do you get something for that in terms of, you know, like you get to wear this moniker... You know, you get to put it on your Twitter handle, fastest swimmer in America. It's been passed around social media a little bit, but it's so fleeting that I don't get like a, a medal for it or anything. <laughs> this isn't Wreck-It Ralph. You don't get the medal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk about kind of the journey here because we've had you in Studio B and you've done some really nice things, but you've taken it to another level. But last year you redshirted. So how did that help you for now your, your senior season here? I think it helped me in in a lot of ways. It also affected me in, in different ways I would, wasn't expecting. Um, so my sophomore and junior year, I felt like I was on fire coming off my mission. I just kept dropping time. And then last year, I started swimming and competing in a couple of the meets I was able to, and I wasn't hitting the times I was used to hitting. And I was just like, what's, what's wrong? What's going on? Um, ended up getting MRIs in my in my shoulder and they took a look at my neck and found some issues in both areas. So found out that it was the best option for me to redshirt, let my body heal for six or seven months without getting in the pool. And it's done wonders for me so far. So you went six or seven months without getting in a pool? Yeah. So the last time I swam was like December, mid-December before Christmas break. And then I didn't get in the pool until June or July. Was that hard? Yeah, when you're competing at that type of level and you're having so much success, to then, like, cold turkey, you can't get in the pool and do that. How difficult is that? It was hard, honestly. It was it was hard to see my friends go on and finish out the season that I started so my swimming career here with my freshman year, and it was hard to not end with them. Um, but 
it was a nice break for me to gather myself mentally and physically and just get back into it. I started to kind of burn out a little bit with my body feeling how it was, and it was it's been good so far. Did you catch up on like some some Netflix shows and oh, some yeah. things like that? <laughs> for sure, <laughs> definitely have more downtime. Yeah, and, and swimming is intense that way, and it and it feels like more than other sports. It's like you would train, you know, in the morning and in the afternoon, and you get you guys just go like crazy, you know. So. Now that you've had that time off and now that you're back into it, you put up some good times, which we'll address in a minute, but are you feeling much better now? Like, is the burnout factor gone? Are you, are you fresh? Yeah, I'm fresh. I'm, I'm feeling the fire. Well, it certainly paid off. I mean, let's just talk about what you did in, in North Carolina last week. You swam 22.77 in the prelims, which qualified you for the 2020 Olympic trials, so congratulations. Which you had, uh, you had uh, participated in the Olympic trials in the last yeah. Quad, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then in the finals, you swam the 22.45 behind Nathan Adrian, a five-time Olympic gold medalist. Take us through those two races. What went into you being so successful in those? Um, I don't know. I, it's hard to explain, honestly. People, people have asked me about it before. I just, um, I mean, we, we have a great sports psychologist here, Craig Manning. Um, I just go through things that he walks me through a lot. Um, just having a can-do mindset and having different different cues that I run through my head before I race and just remember all the experience that I've had so far and tell myself that I can do it. It's not about other people's expectations or what what I've been capable of in the past. It's I put in the work and I know what I can do now, so let's get it done. And those were great races, but at the Mizzou Invitational three weeks ago in Columbia, Missouri, you swam a nineteen nineteen fifty three. Is that correct? Yeah. A nineteen nineteen. How did you do that? That's the fastest time in the nation, and that's number one all time at BYU. Oh well, that was a decision in and of itself. Um, so that was a time trial after the meet was actually over. Mm. Um, it was a it was a decision between me and my two coaches. Um, one of them came up to me and was like, well, do you want a time trial to 50 and we'll scratch you out of the relay? Because normally they put me in the last relay as the anchor leg. And that that race always just destroys me. I'm, I'm basically done after that one. <laughs> um, so it's good that it's at the end of the meets. But I walked up to my coach and she's like, her name's Sherry. She was like, I think you should do this. I think you can do it. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm tired because I had bronchitis as well. You ran a night. And you you swam did this with bronchitis. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I talked to John. And I was like, John, I might be able to do it. And he's like, I don't want to hear that. I want to. I want you to tell me that you can do it. And so I walked away from him for like five minutes, and I was thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? Let's just let's just go for it. And so I came back out, and I was like, John, I'm going to do it. And he's like, Oh, great! I have to go rewrite all the relays now since we're pulling you out. Um, and two of my teammates time trialed with me afterwards, and I was just my mindset was this: this is fun, just racing with my teammates, and we'll see what happens. Just give it my best. Did so. you did you know that you what you had done? Like, can you tell in the water? Like, oh, I'm going really fast right now. I felt it felt good. It felt like a smooth race. Um, I honestly didn't know that I was going to go that fast. I 
I turned, I hit the wall, I came and finished, and I didn't even look at the scoreboard at first. I just looked over to my teammate Connor that was in the lane next to me, and I was like looking to give him a high five, and then I heard everyone yell really loud, and I looked at the scoreboard, and I, I kind of just turned around, and I looked again, I was like, what? 1919? <laughs> you double-taked I, was, I, wasn't ex I wasn't expecting to beat my best time. What type of game... That's incredible. That, that is unbelievable. What type of game-changer has the new pool at the Richards Building been? If, if you've never seen that, it's unbelievable. How, how has that helped get you to where you are? I think the new pools brought with it a new team dynamic. It's been a, it's been a good year. It's been full of freshness, I guess. Everyone's come in with a lot of energy, and it just feels like a renewal altogether for the team. And to be back back home, right? Yeah. Like it's, you have, ha that's, you that's yours base. again. Yeah, we were pool hopping all last year, so that wasn't fun. Yeah. Well, what you did in the, in, in the last couple of races has been incredible, and it's cool to hear the story behind it. I didn't know you had redshirted last year, so I think we've all learned a lesson. If you're burned out, take a break, take it easy, get back in, and then uh, do work. And you'll also have your best times if you get bronchitis prior to. And if you have bronchitis, maybe, yeah, that's your Jordan flu game. Like, that was incredible. Congratulations on the Thank success you. you've already had. Uh, we look forward to uh, your competitions all the way through, you know, the NCAA championships. And, and uh, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. And we got your signature before on a flag. This is a new flag. Can we get your signature again? That'd be all right. Better see you guys at a swim meet. Hey, we'll be there. Hey, Th you, this guy swam in high school. I was a swimmer in high this school, guy swam in high school. like three yeah. years ago. But, but no, I, I really was. Oh, he doesn't believe me. No, he actually, no, I really, he actually I, did. I, I really did was a swimmer in high school. I did not. I did not have that speedo mentality. I would not. Yeah. Oh, boy. I would not have the same type of speed I did in high school. I can promise Pey you that. Peyton Sorensen, one of the greatest Mountain View Toros out there. BYU qualified for the Olympic trials. Awesome. Coming up, where does the famous Idaho Potato Bowl rank in entertainment value? And the latest injuries of who's in and who's out for the bowl game. This is BYU Sports Nation. Are you bronchitis? Are you kidding me? Thanks to today's guests, Kalani Satake and Peyton Sorensen. Sorry to Dennis, bit of no time, amigo. If you missed today's show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football continues preparations for the famous Idaho Potato Bowl against Western Michigan in Boise, Idaho. Freshman quarterback Zach Wilson says based on BYU's last game against Boise State, he's not really a fan of the turf. Well, we'll see. Cougars playing the Broncos again December 21st at 4 Eastern on ESPN and BYU Radio. Kalani Sataki announces Corbin Kafusi and Matt Hadley will both miss the bowl game. We do want to mention uh, that Isaiah Kafusi is in a boot. It would appear that he's not going to play either. Squally Canada is cleared to play. CBS sports writer Tom Fornelli ranked the Idaho Potato Bowl between BYU and Western Michigan as the 39th most compelling bowl game of the season out of 39. He said, I just don't find this to be the most exciting matchup, which probably means it'll finish 86-84 in nine overtimes. That would be epic. And Sports Illustrated ranked the entertainment value of the famous Idaho Potato Bowl as the 31st most entertaining bowl. So we're top 31. <laughs> ESPN picked Zach Wilson as the BYU player to watch for the bowl game. They also picked running backs Levante Bellamy and Jamari Bogan from Western Michigan. Hockey. BYU hockey lost at Weber, or excuse me, Boise State 2-1 on Saturday. The Cougars played Utah State on Friday. Today's rise and shout goes to Peyton Sorensen. What a story. We knew the times he'd run, but we didn't know the story behind it. And that's why we have a show like this to discover that stuff. And Peyton Sorensen had bronchitis. 
and didn't even know if he wanted to do it. A time trial at the end uh, of the Mizzou Invitational a few weeks ago, and he swims a 19-19, which is the fastest 50 free <laughs> in the country. If you don't know swimming, the 50 free is like the 100-meter dash. Yes, yes. Look, breathing in is important in life. Generally speaking. Generally speaking. Yes. When you're a swimmer, breathing is so important. And if you've got an issue that's that's blocking your airways. Are you kidding And me? you set a record like that's that's unheard of. That's unbelievable. I have like a head cold and I'm like, ah, I don't know if I can do the show. This guy's got bronchitis <laughs> and he's, he's swimming in 1919. setting records. Are you kidding me? I, I And the fact that he got burnt out from swimming. This is an All-American. He got burnt out from swimming and then says, you know what? I need, to, uh, I need to take the rest of the season off. Didn't get in a pool for six or seven months. Can you imagine a, f- like a football player or a basketball player saying, hey, this is our... You mean like I- a mission? <laughs> no. Like two months, two years away? Yeah. Uh, two years, yeah. But he didn't, ha- he didn't have like that greater purpose, right? He had right. like school and nothing else. So here he is. So just, I-, I think we've honestly learned a lesson today. If you're burnt out or whatever, like take it easy. You know, like, like get right. And then go after it as hard as you can. We also I think that's important. Breathing is important for life. Breathing is important. I want that to be the, the show title today. <laughs> it probably will be. The question of the day is which BYU football injury will have the biggest impact on the bowl game? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At BYU underscore game day on Twitter weighs in. Uh, and the question being which BYU football injury will have the biggest impact on the bowl game? At BYU underscore game day. Whoever gets injured in the bowl game. What? Come on. This team has weeks to prepare for this game and will hopefully be able to put together a good game plan. The struggles this year came when players got hurt during the game and the team had to make in-game adjustments. Uh, yeah, Utah is the That's a prime uh, example. zenith of yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, the elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years at T July 5th on Twitter. All of them. Whenever even one player gets injured on a team, it can impact the team in a very, very, very big way. Three varies. But that wasn't what we asked. (laughs) We did ask to specify. But it's true. These injuries, all of them have affected BYU. And if BYU has none of those guys go down at Utah, I believe that BYU wins that game. Oh, I agree with you 100%. Look, and people may look at this and say, oh, yeah. Look, the way things were trending with everybody, it was a completely different game, without question. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. The show always on demand at BYUSN.com. The audio podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app, Stitcher as well. For Lauren McClain, Jason Shepard, I'm Jeremy Gordon. Shout out to TJ Satake. Joy Sports Nation back at it tomorrow, noon Eastern time. We'll see you tonight on the Rose Show.